What's going on, everyone? I am MC One Love, and this is where happiness is love. I would like to welcome everyone to my very first podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? It's your man. It's your boy, MC One Love. And right now, you are listening to Where Happiness is Love. That's right, baby. One Love Mike Podcast. Bringing you some of the best interviews this side of the coast. That's right, y'all. Let's get it in. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, everybody? Let's get right to it. Today, we're talking about finances. And to help me do this, I brought in my good friend, the financial coach, Anthony Finch. Anthony and I met about 20 years ago through our eyes, basically. Welcome and thank you for taking the time out to speak to us here at Where Happiness is Love. How's it going, Anthony? It's going well. And thank you, Sean, for the opportunity to be on this podcast with you and just to um, share some of the little knowledge that I have with respect to finances. Good deal. Let's start by telling the listeners about yourself and how long you've been a finance coach. Well, um, my name, like Sean said, is Anthony Finch. Um, my background is in accounting. That led into finances, doing different things for my own business and whatnot. So roughly probably about the last 15, 20 years, I've been basically grooming myself to understand finances. And over that time period, I became better and then eventually becoming a coach. So I say a good 15 years, I've been offering my services as a financial coach. Nice. Now, what's the difference between a financial coach and a financial advisor? Well, good question, Sean. Um, in actuality, I started my career as a coach, previous as a financial advisor. And basically a financial advisor is an individual that typically have license uh, through the security exchange where you take a test, you license, you get bonded, and you um, basically do a, have a fiduciary responsibility. And what that basically means is that you help people manage their money via investments, life insurance, and things of that nature. So, and you under a regulation. A financial coach, on the other hand, is someone that typically take their life experience and, and put that out there to individuals to help them guide them in a similar situation, situation that they was in to get better with their life with respect to finances. But you're not required by the regulators to have any kind of particular license. You mainly have the uh, license of hard knocks life into um, use your experience. So that's mainly the big difference. Mm, okay. All right. What do you say to listeners that say that, hey, I'm broke, but I can't get out of debt? I, I think that's a misnomer. You can always get out of debt. Mm. Um, and what I always advise people, you didn't get into debt overnight. So getting out of debt is not going to happen overnight. And typically a lot of the debt is because of stuff you accumulated, stuff that, stuff that you wanted at that particular time. The way, the easiest way to start getting out of debt is just look at some of your personal bills. A lot of us, especially when I was younger, struggle with paying bills on time. But when you look at bills that's being paid late, you pay a late fee. Um, like, for instance, I have roughly four cell phones. I know if I'm late on them, it's anywhere from 10 to $15 additional. So because they're all under one umbrella, if I'm late, that's $60 a month roughly that I just threw out the window. That's $60 I could have used on a credit card. If I'm doing this $60 every month for a year, after one year, that's $720 that I put to a credit card. And then eventually I look at other stuff, like maybe if I'm late on my cable bill, how much is my cable bill charging me? If I go to ATM, that's not tied to my particular bank. How much are those fees? So when somebody say they can't get out of debt, I think that's not true. They just not taking the time to analyze all of their bills. 
Okay, you say when you say analyze, are you saying that maybe they they they're going above and beyond the means of their finances? Yeah, what one of the things, especially with my company, Debt to Dreams, I, I'm not from the school of saying you have to be extremely fuel and not work hard and enjoy the fruits of your, your labor. Mm-hmm. What what I think when I say analyze is what you have, look at what you have and see one. Is it a necessity? See, there's a difference between a need and a want. Mm-hmm. You might want something, but do you really need it? Like, we like sports, but do you really need every single premium football channel? Because last I checked, nobody can watch 20 TV shows at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you got 20 TVs in your house. You can't watch 20 TV shows. So let's start there. Maybe cut it down to 10 and then work down from there. So you have to start looking at what your situation is now and compare that to your income and see where you can scale back with the understanding you still want to live a decent life. I don't want to tell people, oh, you got a downside and live in a box. Mm-hmm. You still want to live, but that's what you get up to work hard for. Gotcha. And with that being said, so it's all about, it's all about structuring your money so therefore it fits you, so to speak. Yes. Because I, I, I totally yeah. I understand the part about, you know what I'm saying, like you say, you, I think the the, the biggest thing that people have the misconception of is like, if I'm late on my cell phone bill, I got to pay a late fee. You know what I'm saying? But that's money that we're throwing out the window that we can be using to get help get us out of debt, you know? Right. And, and, and that's the whole thing. Because we look at it like, oh, it's just $15. Oh, it's just $20. Like, beginning in January, and this happens every single year, a lot of people make the resolution to go lose weight and do all this other stuff, get healthy. Mm-hmm. That's a good goal. I don't knock that. I think health and wealth kind of go together. But if you go to the gym just in Fe- January, February, and you don't go the rest of the year, but that membership comes out of your your bank account mm-hmm. because you don't really see it every day or every month, you just wasted that money. Mm-hmm. So my thought process is sit down and say, where am I paying my bills at? Well, I mean, where am I spending my money? And you'll be surprised how much money you're spending without even thinking about it. Like, for example, I know people that go to Starbucks three, four times a day. That's easy $15. But in my, 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 my mind, you can go to the store and buy you a pack of coffee and do it at home. Mm-hmm. You know, so so you take $15 a day. Again, back to my analysis. I'm not saying go cold turkey, but instead of getting three cups of coffee a day at Starbucks, how about let's focus on one? So that extra $10, five days a week, that's $50. Four, four weeks in a month, that's $200 that you already got, that you already was spending, that you could put on something else and, and pay down your debt. Mm. That's the lifestyle I want people to live. Now, with that being said, because I think that a lot of people have the misconception that bankruptcy is the best way to get out of debt. How do you feel about that? Would you think that bankruptcy is a way to get out of debt? Bankruptcy is a double-edged sword. And actually, almost a triple-edged sword because... There's two types of bankruptcy, and this is separate of being a business because business can file bankruptcies too. This is just strictly for personal. There's a Chapter 7 and Chapter 13 bankruptcy. Chapter 7, if you fit the guidelines, there is guidelines that change. I think um, I've got the exact year, but it was a year um, President Bush was in office. They changed it a little bit. If you fit the Chapter 7 bankruptcy, you can wipe out all your debt, but still keep, like you said, your house or your car. So there are certain guidelines with that. Mm. Chapter 13 bankruptcy, basically it's a repayment plan. So let's say you owe 
collectively $50,000. What chapter 13 is going to do, the trustee of the bankruptcy is going to say, okay, you can't pay like you normally be paying. So what we're going to do, we're going to put you on a payment plan. With that payment plan, you got to send that payment to the attorneys and attorney basically pay the bills for you. Mm. This is where it's a, it's a double-edged sword, triple-edged sword. Both bankruptcy is going to impact your credit score. But at least with the Chapter 7, it's going to wipe out your debt that's already on your credit report, which in about six months to a year, you can start rebuilding your credit report. A Chapter 13 is going to be on your credit report for seven, eight years while you're making these payments to to this um, attorney. Now, even though you're making the payments on your credit report, you still got all this debt that you're paying off. So your credit score, just by the nature of Chapter 13, is going to constantly stay low. Mm-hmm. So if, if I was advising somebody and I'm not an attorney, my first goal would be see if you get a Chapter 7. If you can't get a Chapter 7, the next step would be call those same creditors that you ain't paid and say, and say can I make a settlement with you? Because mm-hmm. even when you make a settlement... Once you pay off that settlement, it's uh, paid off on your credit report, which in turn allow you time to rebuild your credit score. So that's the that's the triple edged sword. You're gonna take a hit to your credit, but doing one bankruptcy over the other is gonna have a major long term effect on your credit score. Now, with that being said, with, with the thirteen and you having to have this give this money to the lawyer to pay to your to go towards your your creditors, do you also have to pay a fee to this lawyer for him to pay oh. your debt? Yes, he gets a percentage of it um, as you make the payment to him. So there's an initial fee you pay to get the lawyer to look over all your paperwork. And then as you make these payments to the lawyer, it includes a portion for his, his law firm, which is why I'm against 13. 13 would be the worst last case scenario. You can't reach your vendors. You can't uh, negotiate. That's the last thing I would tell anybody to do because this is what I know through my personal experience. If I ain't paid a credit card, let's say in six months, mm-hmm. that takes something over not getting paid at all. So if I owe you $1,000 and I call you and say, look, all I can give you is $600. Can you take it and we'll be done with this? Most of them are going to say yes because all they're going to do is sell it to a collection company right. and they're going to sell it for pennies on a dollar. So you owe them a thousand. They might sell it to a collection company for $150, $200. But the collection company going to come after you for like $500 because they got to make a profit. We're in a capitalist, capitalistic society, so they got to make a profit. Yeah. So if that's the case, why not negotiate with the credit card on the beginning end? Yeah, because everybody, everybody's out to make money, especially in this, like you said, in this capitalist society. You know, so it's kind of weird. But um, with that being said, I mean, you're, you're, let's talk about credit, too, because you, you're talking about credit and everything like that. So with someone that does a seven, they, they're, they're able to get a chapter seven. They're cool. Now they start all over. I guess it's I think it's seven years. Something stays on your actual credit report. You, you can't get that off. But in the, right, exactly. But in this time that you have that, you're you're able to apply for uh, loans and everything like that. How could we go about? How how could we go? How could we go about reestablishing our credit? Let, let, let me uh, 
say something that's funny about when people file bankruptcy. Like I said, we're a capitalistic society. Everybody's always looking to make money. Probably a month after you file bankruptcy, I can almost guarantee you, you will get a credit card. And people are like, well, why, what sense does that make? Mm-hmm. If I just put credit cards in bankruptcy, why was a company give me another credit card? Because the way the law is structured, you can't come right back and file bankruptcy. Right. So if I can give you a credit card, it's going to be on a high-end interest rate because what they are banking on, they are banking on your habits not being broken. Mm. Because like, like I said earlier, you got into the situation where you got to file bankruptcy over time. Not started on Monday and then by Sunday, you like, oh, Lord, I got to file bankruptcy. You got into a lot of debt over time. Mm-hmm. So creditors know that. So if I know that your pattern is not paying your bills on time and I give you another credit card, let's say I give you $1,000 limit. Mm-hmm. I'm not concerned about you paying me back my $1,000. I'm concerned about the interest rate that I'm charging you every single month. And I'm hoping you only pay the minimum because if I give you a credit card for a thousand dollars and you just pay the minimum, by the time you finally pay that balance off, you might've gave me back 44,000, $5,000 because I know you cannot go back and file bankruptcy again immediately. You might have to wait two to three years to do it. By then I got my interest back and all that. So if you go that route and you get a credit card, you have to break that habit, which goes back to what I said earlier about analyzing your situation. So if I say, I'll give you an example. Um, when I first got married years ago, not to my wife I'm with now, I got a lot of credit cards. I had every single credit card, but American Express. I had diners. So if people remember diners, diner credit card back in the day. I had, those, I had like 10, 15 credit cards. I was buying stuff left and right, had a good job, so, so I thought. But I got so overwhelmed with debt. Mm-hmm. What I realized, I was buying stuff because it was plastic. But plastic is also, I got to pay somebody. When I got out of that situation, I changed my habit. If I couldn't go buy buy it now and had a realistic payment plan to pay it back off, I wasn't going to buy it. So when you file bankruptcy and you get a credit card, understand, don't go max it out. Mm -hmm. If there's $1,000 based on your credit score, the credit score model it works. Don't put no more than two hundred dollars on it, no matter what, because you gave yourself yourself a fresh start. So take advantage of that. So get that credit card. Then go to a bank. Uh, there's all these banks out here, National Bank, where you could put in two hundred dollars. Let's say they give you a loan against that two hundred dollars, and they take payments over six months a year to pay back that two hundred dollars. That hits your credit report. So you got a credit card. You got a secure loan against the bank. Then you got all these other um, companies out here that will also give you finance. So let's say you go get a $500 um, loan from somewhere. So now you got three trade lines. That's what what they call them, trade lines on your credit report. After your bankruptcy, you keep the credit limit low. You pay on time. Your scores will jump jump up a lot within the first year. Mm. Now, what people tend to do, they file bankruptcy. They say, oh, I need a car. I get it. Everybody needs a car. But they go get a $20,000, $40,000 car. You're not realizing you're going to pay 15 16% of interest. That's crazy. Right. I say, pump your brakes, be humble, go get a $5,000 car. And maybe you can pay that off for three years. Because now you're looking at your realistic money. Not your bonus, not the promotion you hope to get, but what you got in hand every Friday or every other Friday. 
Now, if you got a credit card, you got a secure loan, you got a relatively cheap car note, your scores has no choice but to get better. Because what I tell people, your score is like a, a scale. On one side is good debt, on the other side is bad debt. Your bankruptcy is bad debt, but that's a big weight on your credit score. But as you put more good debt on it, it lessens and lessens the bad weight that's on your scale. So just imagine a scale going up and down. You got to figure out which side of the equation you want your credit score to be on. And the individual, you can control that. Now, with that being said, what about our young people, like our our graduates and everything that are coming out of school and all that? How can they go about not, not, not getting themselves into that? I think the biggest thing that we have to do Soon they make that first check, but go put 10% in the bank. Don't even touch it. Mm-hmm. And again, it's habit and discipline. Find a bank that's a good distance from where you live. Mm-hmm. Set it up where your HR person can take 10% out of your check, deposit in that bank account that's not that, not too close to your house. You won't miss the money, especially if you still stand at home. So as you progress in your career, you get used to working off what you already, you know, getting in your check every two weeks. So now we teach you habits of that 10%, and then you can gradually increase it. Because what people tend to do, and I did it myself, I used to say, man, if I can wait $5,000 more, I'll be straight. But then when you really break it down, and I'm using simple math, you really break it down. A year increasing my check, that's only $500 total a month. And that's gross. We in the state of Illinois, that $500 gross a month is gone. With federal taxes and state taxes, it's gone. So now let's break that $500 a month extra down to a week. That's $125. So do I really believe $125 extra a week is going to dramatically change my lifestyle? No. Because if I don't change my debt perspective, that one twenty five is going to pay for something I bought three years ago and I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. So, but if I get in the habit of saying, "Oh, you know what? I, I'm putting up one hundred twenty five away a month. I mean, a week, and I'm not looking. Oh, let's say every two weeks. Let's be more realistic. Every two weeks, and I'm not thinking about it. So now, when I get that extra hundred twenty five a week, I can add another one hundred, two hundred to my regular saving, and I ain't missing nothing because I'm already in the habit of saving. So that's what we can get our young kids to do, to start thinking about save first, spend last. Yes. But what we do, we spend first and hope to save. <laughs> Years ago, I, I, I got tired of hoping. Right. So a lot of stuff, again, debt to dream is all about, yes, we're going to have debt. I believe we'll have debt to the day we die. And even when we're in the ground, we're going to owe somebody. And the reason I say that, when you do go in the ground, guess what your family doing? They paying for your funeral. That's mm-hmm. debt. You always gonna have debt, but I want to enjoy my life too. So I try to manage it. I plan out what I want to do and figure out where this put me in debt. And if you're gonna put me in debt, I back away a little bit and I make some adjustment so that whatever I decide to do is still within the comfort of my day to day activity. Well said. So for debt dream, because that's the name of your company. With Death of Dream, do you have to make a certain amount of money to say, say, for instance, like, okay, I, I only make 25000 
And for, so anyone from the payment of the, well, the, the pay of 25,000 up to a hundred thousand, can you still have dreams at $10,000 a year, $25,000 a year without having yeah. debt? Yes. And, and let me, let me make this clear. I'm not saying don't have no debt. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that I'm saying having debt just because you want to have debt. Like one of the things I challenge some of my, my friends and you weren't included on this one, Sean, when we got the stimulus check a few months ago, mm-hmm. I asked a lot of my family members, what did you do that $1,200? Oh, I bought a TV. Why? Wasn't your TV working last month? Yeah. <laughs> but why? Okay. So, you know what we did at $1,200? We're going to Jamaica next year. Mm. Which one you think my kids going to remember a year from now, two years from now, that I got a curved TV or they went to a country they ain't never seen but on TV? That's, a That's what a $25,000 person can do. Mm-hmm. If you come to my house and like, man, Anthony, what, what's up with you and your 50-inch TV? Man, that's played out. Okay, you ain't got to watch TV in my house. But I'm going on a vacation so I can see the whales, I can see the dolphins, you know, I can do all the fancy stuff that I see on TV. Because I tell people, and I preach this to my kids, those people on TV that are having a good life, I want to have a good life too. Mm-hmm. You just have to plan. So if somebody got twenty five thousand. Why go get a fifty thousand dollar car? Yeah, it's seven eight hundred dollars a month. Okay, it looks nice, but it's a car. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's it's, a, it's it's metal. But if you go get a three hundred dollar car, it does the same thing that a seven eight hundred dollar car can do. That's get you back and forth to work. But if you don't have the means to really afford a seven, eight hundred dollar car and still enjoy your life, you're losing out. You're just working. And over time, especially with this coronavirus we're in, if you just going to work just to get a paycheck, you you're gonna end up being miserable. You're not gonna enjoy yourself, you're not gonna enjoy your life. So I'm saying, don't worry about what everybody else got. Worry about what you got and be happy with what you got and enjoy it. What got me start traveling was I met a man uh, that speak, that spoke Spanish, and I'm, but he wasn't of Spanish descent. Mm-hmm. So I asked, I said, why do you know how to do Spanish? He said, every year I take my family, we all go to Spain for two months during the summer. I'm like, damn, that's nice. <laughs> but he planned for it. Mm-hmm. So by going over it so much and so frequently, he taught himself Spanish. And so I was like, well, you can do that for a month. Surely I can do it for a week. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference. It's, it's not your level of income to me, it's back to the level of debt that you chose to have. Because, see, nobody come knocking on your door and say, you got to have a big house. Nobody say you got to have an 80 inch TV screen. I think the new one out now is 85 inch. Nobody says that. We make that conscious decision. decision. So, when I'm asking people to make the conscious decision to do something that you want to do, that you never thought about doing. You know, we got 50 states in the United States. Have we all been to all of them? If not, that's a little simple goal. Let's drive out to Arizona, drive out to Ohio, and see what they going, what they got going on. People come to Chicago all the time because they hear about our downtown uh, skyline. Mm-hmm. What about Nashville? They got something. What about Atlanta? You know what I'm saying? So you can make your life more meaningful by just doing small things. What's crazy about that? Because I, I have, uh, you know, a lot of people know me in the position that I hold is in management. 
And some of my employees be like, man, I'm going out of town. I'm like, okay, cool. Where you going? Uh, Waukegan. Waukegan. Is that, is that out of Illinois? Because the only Waukegan I know is in Illinois. Waukegan is not, it's not a vacation place. You know what I mean? You know, they say something about Wisconsin, Dells, or any of the rooms. Whatever, that's cool. But I think like I think that the most important thing that you are hitting on, and I and I love the fact of the matter, I love the name of Debt to Dreams because you think about it, you are absolutely right. You got a twelve hundred dollar stimulus check, you bought a doggone fifteen hundred dollar TV, you had to add more money to it. That TV can go out another two, three years, but the life, the the remember the, the memory of going to Jamaica will last forever, you know what I mean? Because that's something that you you can't get that back. And I think it's more important for us to invest our money in, in, in not worldly things, but things that we can remember because you're supposed to have fun. I don't want to have fun with an 80-inch TV. That doesn't, that doesn't do anything for right. me beyond that. And you think about how many people retire, and you're like, yeah, so-and-so retired, and then three, four, five years later, they dead. Mm-hmm. Cause they, they don't have nothing to look forward to. Mm-hmm. They just work. You know, I, I grew up in the South and we was always taught to appreciate everything. Right. Everything's simple. You know, I remember we used to always eat different kind of uh, beans and all that stuff, which now that I'm older, I'm like, nah, I don't pick those things. I, I ate them forever. And, and my kids was like, they don't eat leftover. I could never tell my grandparents I ain't eating no leftover. Right. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So when we took them to Mexico, we went where I always say the natives live. I always try to go outside the resort because the resort is fancy. You know, that's mm-hmm. fantasy island. But when you go where the actual people live, you get to see real life. Mm-hmm. So I took one to Mexico and we went to this one village. They were skinning a goat. They had one on the thing skinned already. They had another one tied up. I told my daughter, I said, so don't ever say you only leftover because this is how they eat every day. Mm-hmm. They eat to survive. Mm-hmm. You're eating it's really luxury because mm-hmm. you, you ain't got to worry about leftovers. Some days you do, some days you don't. But one thing you ain't never got to do, go in the backyard and cook, kill your own food. That's right. <laughs> so when you have those memories, it also is an educational mm-hmm. thing. You know, like we, we're both African-American. And one of the things they always say, we don't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. But when you take your kids out the country and they go with for lifeguard and they get on a jet ski, it changed their whole perception of the water. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? It's salt water. If you fall in it, you're going to float. Oh, they don't know that. Right. And they think about it, I'm in the water, I'm drowning. <laughs> but not if you're out in the ocean. Not not if you, you know, let's go uh, snorkeling. They get scared. But you know what? If you walk out on a coral reef, you ain't got to get too high than waist deep. Just bend down and look in the water. Because it's so clear, you don't see the fish underneath until you put your face in it. That's an experience. And so that's why I tell people with Dead to Dream, I want you to have that experience. And whatever that experience is, it's for you. It, it's not what so-and-so doing, what's this person doing. It's what what do you define as, you know, your excitement, your luxury. Mm-hmm. And, and, and get it. You're getting a bonus in, the, in a year or two, take part of it, put it in savings. The other part, Enjoy it because you worked hard for it. True. You know what we do? We spend the whole thing and we're like, uh oh. Because what another thing I, like I was saying earlier, we can't control certain things. So I don't know in two years, three years, a job gonna lay me off. 
So if they lay me off, I ain't got no savings. Uh-oh, now I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. Now my family miserable, because I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. I, I went through that road, you know, getting laid off and all that stuff. Like, uh-oh, how, how do you juggle? So I made a point, I'll never be in that situation again. Right. So I took care of that first, and then I make sure I can have my luxury too. Because you got to play, you got to work hard to play hard. That's right. I tell my daughter, uh, both of them, and my son is too. I, I live off of this model, especially with a lot of young folks. I tell them, say, work hard now so you can play later. <laughs> you know, yep. because so many, so many of us as adults, we're doing the total opposite. You know what I'm saying? We 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 live the lavish lifestyle and everything like that. We took money and threw it out the window. Now we're going downhill. It's like, oh wait a minute, these brakes are starting to wear out. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going down here. Now I got nothing that I can look forward to when it's come time for me to retire. And it takes yeah. me up to, I, I got to work till I'm 70 years old, 75, so that I can be able to just retire. Not enjoy myself, but retire, but just so that I can retire. It, I, I love the concept. I think it's awesome. You're so right. Because like I said, until you, even when you die, you're going to have debt. Mm-hmm. So you seven years old, and that's what people forget. Yes, you can 30 years pay off your mortgage. You know what you're going to still have? Property taxes. You know what I've seen over the last seven years that property taxes don't do? Go down. Go down. So when you retire, typically, you don't get 100% of that gross income that you was getting. Mm-hmm. You get maybe best 80% of what you're earning. So if you're earning 50 growth, when you retire, you're only earning 80. So the question come in, when you took a 20% cut to retire, did your bills take a 20% cut? Most of them, people that retired, it didn't. Because mm. they, oh, you know what? I'm 60 years old. Let me go and get that Mercedes that I always wanted. You know, let me go and do this. So you don't put yourself again in the way planning later. You know, I always, my, my thing with my kids is time don't waste money. So I always tell them, five years is going to be here. The question is, in five years from now, will your life be better? Because if you just going through emotion, so many people five years later, only thing that change is their age. Right. And I'm telling you, somebody, like you said, the $25,000, 25000 salary, five years from now, you can't tell me, you can't say, I still ain't been to Jamaica. I remember the first time I had my mom go on a cruise. They went like a Disney cruise and all that. She loved it. And I'm like, well, Mom, why did it take till you get 60? You've been working all your life. Why? Mm-hmm. I ain't never thought about it. And that's what Death the Dream is getting people to try to do. Think about it. Because there's this other beauty about it, too. The people that know me, that call me frugal or cheap or whatever, these are all wonderful, crazy names. Mm-hmm. With a trip to Jamaica, you can pay on it now. One thing I know about us, about me, Layway, we comfortable with Layway, so why not? And then the, the, there's a safety me- mechanism when you go on a trip out of the country. It's called travel insurance. Mm. So God forbid, now you can't for whatever reason go on that trip. You get majority of your money back. So when somebody say I can't take a trip out the country too expensive, yeah, you go to Mexico round trip from Chicago. Is even on a low end uh, uh, budget, mm-hmm. it's five hundred dollars. If you go to a nice all inclusive resort, it's maybe eight hundred dollars. You telling me over a twelve month 
you can't put up $70, don't believe that. Because I guarantee everybody that I come across wastes $70 in a month. Whether they buy liquor, whether they buy pay-per-view, you know, leaving all the lights on in the house for six in the morning and midnight, you know. Playing lottery. Yeah, playing lottery. <laughs> you know, they're going to hit the jackpot. So, yeah, so it's possible. And, it, and it's not that you got to have so much income. Mm-hmm. It's what are you doing with the income that you got right. within reason to live a decent lifestyle? You know, I asked, and I think I might ask you this question two weeks ago, Sean. Mm-hmm. Somebody told you, maybe, very likely, but maybe three years from now, you could be a millionaire, but you and your family, regardless of the size, have to live in one bedroom family. How many of us would take that opportunity? Because it's, it's an unknown. Mm-hmm. I ain't saying you're going to be a millionaire, mm-hmm. but you got the likelihood of being a millionaire. And I came to the conclusion. Most people won't do that. I can't be all bundled up with my family member. I did that when I was a, when I was a kid. I was two of us in the bedroom. I can't be crammed up. But why not? You get this million, life changed drastically. Mm-hmm. And that's what dream is about. Let's change your life from where it is now to those things that you think might be impossible to achieve. Hmm. So what's the best way to get out of debt? Start looking at your bills. Put them, sit down. Most people, and I'll say at least 90 plus percent of people, have never, ever did a budget. Mm. Never did a budget. And I'm like, why not? I don't know how to do a budget. Yes, you do. You know how I know how you do a budget? When you, did you, when you went to buy something, what first thing you look at? How much it costs. Oh. You look at, you compare to something else. That's analysis. That's all a budget is. How much I got coming in, how much I going out. I'm analyzing what I got coming in and what I'm paying out. And then from there, oh, I'm in a red because I supposed to be paying this cable bill every month. I can't afford it because my check is, I'm hourly, but my check fluctuates. So I'm going to pay it next month, but I'm paying late. Or I'm put a little bit on it to keep it from getting cut off. <laughs> right. I love that. They'll, they'll put a little bit on it. <laughs> yeah, so that's the scenario with your cable. That tells me you don't need whatever you got on that cable. You don't need it. Because if you can't pay your bills this month, then that's a bill you don't need. If it's just like a cable bill, if you can't pay it off this month, that's a bill you don't need. If you're telling me, well, man, my light bill be so high, it rolls over every single month, then maybe you're in too, you're in too big of a house. Mm. Living say, this means. Yeah, living um, within your means. And then after that, everything take care of itself. Because you, one of as bad as the COVID-19 is, mm-hmm. one of the things it has done to a lot of people, it has indirectly forced them to save money. Mm-hmm. So, when I now drive to work, can't get on the metro to go downtown, can't get on the L, don't go through tolls. They got more money in their bank account. But now here's the flip side. They don't spend it too. Mm-hmm. So I was using about a metro train, a metro train ticket, which is about two fifty, two eighty. If you live out in the suburb where I live, to go downtown Chicago, why did you spend it? Mm-hmm. Why not in the savings? Because you were spending it every month. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's that whole process. What am I doing with my money? The other thing, and then a lot of people hate when I say this: stop making IRS 
your bank. Meaning, you get a big check in April by April fifteenth of the following year. Get your money today. Mm-hmm. If I got I got credit card debt that's charging me anywhere from fifteen to twenty nine percent, why why do I want to wait a year to put a little on it? Mm-hmm. I need to pay more because that interest rate is going to eat up all the little tax returns you got. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. The other thing that I always tell people they don't want to hear. I don't want to die today and my family got to get wait the next April to get my money that I don't already work for. Give them their money now. Because mm-hmm. most people, you work and take care of your family. So why am I going to make my family wait several months to get my money that I've already earned? Right. Don't IRS. Because what IRS ain't never done, they ain't never gave you money back on interest. Oh, so I can change my deduction. Talk to my HR person so I don't have to pay taxes at the end of the year. Hey, what extra I got? That extra I'm getting, I'm paying off my debt. So again, it's analyzing your situation and making it work for you. Because if I get $1,000 in April, but I got a $1,200 credit card bill, did you really win? Mm-hmm. You lost. You lost. And you're going to lose more because you're going you're gonna to probably take that G and be like, you know what? It ain't but a thousand. It ain't number it ain't <laughs> yeah, you know, I would but if, yeah, but if, I, but if I take that same thousand and I change my exemption, follow me on this one, Sean. Change my exemption where I'm getting an extra hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. A month, guess what? I can do with a hundred dollars. I'm paying on my trip to Jamaica mm. again. You get a thousand in April, I'm going to Jamaica in May when the kids get out of school. Mm. Which one mama would I remember in 2022? That's again. different. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's so so it is it's possible, it's doable. I've experienced it. We talk about bankruptcy. I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't file it twice. Mm-hmm. I first time I filed it because I was way over my head in debt, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of these credit cards. I try to run a restaurant, all that. The second time I filed it, because I say, you know what? I'm trying to live the American dream. And society says, if you made a mistake once, twice, you can correct it. Mm-hmm. Everything in life is corrected. So I'm like, okay, let me correct it again. So it's not impossible. I, I Before I filed it the first time, again, I grew up in the South. I was under, oh, you can't do that. That's not right. You created And I'm like, wait a minute. Why am I living poor? When the rich people do it all the time, mm-hmm. that man that's sitting in the White House right now has done it seven, eight times. Mm-hmm. But he walked around and said he's a billionaire. I've only done it twice and I ain't a millionaire. Something wrong with that picture. Right. If I believe that I can't file bankruptcy, mm. I think you drive my businesses and it says under new management. This is what I learned in business. I know we're not talking about business right now. Talk. It says under new management. I know a lot of companies, when they say under new management, we're not, you know what that means? Sean owned it at first. Uh-huh. Sean ran into financial trouble with the bank. The bank worked it out, bankruptcy for businesses, whatever. Okay, so now Sean going to put the business in his wife's name. So now it's under new management. Mm-hmm. But the family still own the business because it's called restructuring the debt. Right. That's all bankruptcy is. But you look at it, think it's a whole new person, whole new operation. No, 
They just went to the bank and said, man, I got $100,000 equipment in this restaurant. We can't afford that. Bank said, okay, give us $35,000. We'll wipe it off. Okay, thank you. Baby, go out and get us a $35,000 stove again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. So we got to start being smarter in how we work the system because the system design, like I said, is capitalistic to make money. And we have to not be afraid to make money. Right. You know, I was, when I was in the South, we money was root of our evil. And I used to be like, oh, man, that's bad. We, we ain't supposed to be rich. We ain't supposed to do that. And as I got older and wiser, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. My religious family members, you keep telling me my father out there in heaven got rolled, paved with gold, mm-hmm. and meant beyond the eyes can see. Why would he want me to wait till I die to enjoy the things you said he created on this earth anyway? That's right. Logic don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I understand I shouldn't worship money, mm-hmm. but that's not the same thing as saying I should not have money. Right. That's the mindset that I can switch to. There's a difference between worship and mm-hmm. making that my God than it is. God, you said I'm your son. So give me these things that you've already created. Mm-hmm. Just tell me how I got to go about getting it. Mm. And that's, and that's not, it. That's, ain't nothing wrong with that at all. Now, I heard that you got a book coming out. Can you tell me a little bit about this book? Where people can I find have, it? I, have, I do. I, I do. Um, on my website, Debt to Dream, is, and it's spelled D-E-B-T-T-O-D-R-E-A-M-S dot com. And I'm doing some tweaking with the website because, and that's just another thing too. I know my lane. I ain't never been a webmaster. <laughs> I ain't gonna never be a web a webmaster. So I'm working on that with my my my, my 21 about to be 21 year old son. I let the, the generation X help me with that stuff. There you but, go. But that's how I spell. Okay. Uh, so I have a book, uh, four books actually. Wow. But the first one when you go to my website, you get a free book. It's called. Uh, credit myth. It talks about some of the credit myth that people believe and some of the, what I was saying about the bankruptcy. Oh, if I file bankruptcy, I can't get credit for seven years. That is so, so, so not true. Mm-hmm. So it talks about that. Then I have a book called Psychology of Money. That book discusses your belief. Kind of what I just said a minute ago, how when I was younger, I was afraid to try to make money because I felt money was bad because we grew up in the church and all that on Sundays and Wednesday. So I felt money was bad if I was trying to get to a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So this book, your money, talks about your, your belief set and how it limits you to get the thing that you work hard for. Wow. I have another book that talks about credit, how credit is, is analyzed by lenders and credit bureau and stuff like that. Then I have a book also that talks about budget. In that book, it has actual worksheets. It talks about stuff like people don't think about, let's say, putting in your budget, your car insurance. Well, that's something you got to pay. Right. But have you ever thought about if your car insurance deductible, what if you change it from two fifty dollars to $500? How much does that save you per month? Especially if you ain't had no accident. Right. So that's what that book talks about. And then my other book is, is called uh, Dead Explosion. It talks, you about, talks to you about different methods um, of how to get out of debt. One is called a snowball method, and one is called the avalanche method. The snowball method is the one that I prefer because it's 
people like small victories mm-hmm. and in human nature. We want to feel good that we have achieved things. So, the, so the way the snowball method works and basically keep it simple is you take your smallest debt. So let's say I got three bills. I'm just keep it simple. One, 300, 200 and $100. And I pay 30, 20 and a ten dollars. That's my minimum. But so that's sixty dollars that I pay collectively. But each month I put a hundred dollars out there for all three of those bills. So what the snowball method says, let's start with the hundred dollar bill, hundred dollar uh debt. You already paying sixty. So let's pay um the twenty dollars on a two hundred dollar debt, thirty dollars on a three hundred dollar debt, which now we got fifty dollars. Put the rest $50 that you normally spend all on a hundred dollar debt. So like I said, I'm, I'm very overly simplifying it. So when you do that, you do it for month one, the next month you do another $50. So now that hundred dollar bill, I mean, hundred dollar debt is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, pay it off. But you still in month three, you still work with your same hundred dollars. So now you go to the next lowest debt, which is a $200 debt. You keep $30 on the $300 debt that you don't pay the last two months. But this time you put $70 instead of the original 20, you put $70 on the $200 debt. You do that for roughly two and a half months. So let's say simple math, keep it for three months. Now that bill is gone. Now you are pretty much uh, out of debt because you done started with the lowest one first and you take it, the amount of money that you can afford. Again, you're analyzing it right. and you put the bulk of it on the smallest bill first. And you don't do any changes until you pay off that small bill first. So that's what that is. So those are my four books. Uh, like I said, the free credit myth book, the psychology book is uh, $15, and the other three books are $25. Hmm. Okay. And they can find these these books here on your website, Death to Dreams, which is yes. D-E-B-T. Two or T-O? Yep. T-O. T-O. D-R- dreams. Dreams. D-R-E-A-M-S dot com. Yes. Yes. I think the- and you, when you go out there, you will see the next goal, again, like I said about goal, that I want, and that's the Maserati. You want the Maserati? That's my dream car. That's your dream car. Well, then, yep. then, then, well you, let's go. You, you say you got debt to dream, then let's make that dream a reality. I think that so many of us you know, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers, and one of the speakers I um, listened to was Eric Thomas. Eric Thomas said yep. he asked a question to his to his audience. He's like, "Do you know where the most talent is?" And mm-hmm. they was like, "No, nah, we don't know where the most talent." Is. He was like the cemetery. He said, "So many sure people go to death with their dreams that they never ever ever tried." to do anything with everyone everyone in this here world has a gift and you have to figure out what that gift is in order for you to use it um, you figured that you know what here it is i want this maserati but i got a way of going about doing it not only that you've took your, your experiences over the 15 years to figure out how to go about helping yourself your family become financially stable because I think the most important thing that we need to realize something if we were not born with silver spoons in our mouths then we need to make sure that our children's children have silver spoons in their mouths 
You know, so anything mm-hmm. that we do, we're not doing it for ourselves, but we're doing it for our children's children. Like Jay-Z said, my children's children's children. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's yes. what I want. That's what I look forward to. You know, right now. And, 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 Go ahead. and that is so true, Sean. And so I'll cut you off. No, no, you good. I remember when I, when I was getting my master. And my master's in real estate development because I had this grand idea I was going to be building houses and be a multimillionaire. So I went to school to get my master's in real estate. Mm-hmm. I met a man. He built up pretty much all the rolling metals. He said, and I had to count my fingers, and I'm pretty good counter, so I had to really do my finger. He said, I have enough money for my grandkids' grandkids. So when you think about the history of that, the, the legacy for your grandkids, grandkids. So I'm like, okay, that means his daughter had a kid. That kid had another kid. I mean, that kid got married, had a kid. I'm like, that's four or five generations yeah. of wealth. That's it. He's saying that now. Right. I can stop what I'm doing now and what generation of my legacy is taken care of. And we that's... can't get more than one. And that's the Which thing. Which goes back to my point about the IRS thing. Mm-hmm. The heck with getting IRS my money. My kids need it now. Finish college. One about to go to college. They need it now. They all need to wait six, seven months. Mm-hmm. My wife don't need it in six, seven months. She need it now. Right. But we've been brainwashed to think, oh, that's a bonus. That's not a bonus. The bonus, you getting up every day to go work that job. Mm-hmm. The bonus is a job the fact you want to and you getting there. That's the bonus. From the job, the bonus, and we have to change that. We have to start thinking: How do I create it for me? And, and it goes to me to the to the fact that sometimes you have to say and be selfish to yourself. Right. I, I want more, and it's okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't want a Maserati because somebody got it, or I saw a rapper have it, or a basketball player. I want a Maserati because I was in Atlanta. And I saw this brother suited up, step out of black, shiny miles right. I was like, now that's how black men look. Mm-hmm. We don't never see that on TV. Mm-hmm. So when I started looking at the prices, I'm like, okay, I can't get that right now. <laughs> However, <laughs> I can plan for it. Right. And I know me, when I get ready to get one, I probably say, nah, you know what, baby? Let's take an Alaskan cruise for three weeks. Kids grown. We, we got vacation our job. Let's take a three-week Alaskan cruise. Mm-hmm. They have been to Alaska. I think that'd be pretty cool. You know, I want to have those options. Right. And that's what that's the dream start getting people start thinking about. Start getting your juices flowing and, and say, you know what? Why can't I have that? Right. Why, why can't I have this? You can, but you got to plan for it. And, and not be knee-jerk with action like this $1,200 stimulus check. Oh, I'm going to go get a new TV. Samsung don't care about you. Right. Sure Sorry, don't. I don't care about you. Right. But I'm telling you, you use that same money. You talking about Wisconsin Dell. Yeah, you can't t- take your kids to Wisconsin Dell and let them stay in the cabin and be in the lake and all that if they never done that. Right. That's an experiment. Right. They went to me right up there in Michigan to those cabins in Michigan. Resort, Sheridan, Illinois. If you get the money in the country, but again, that's right. Put it on lay. Put it on lay. <laughs> and I think that's the problem. We, we, we yeah, always... Like you said, teach your baby, yeah. you get A's and B's. Because we got to be realistic. You get A's and B's. I ain't going to say all A's. You, out of what, four quarters, you make honor roll three times. Mm-hmm. 
I take you out the country. That's the reward. Right. But you know what it does? Indirectly, it teaches them to believe that they can achieve. Sure. I've had so many kids that my friends know, I mean, my kids know, that was getting like C average. I said, look, if you get a, a B average, I'll give you $50. Call my bluff. Mm-hmm. One girl, my daughter, friend, she came from Mr. Finch. Now, I lied to you now. She had like a 3.7, and my daughter had a, a, a mid-B, and I wasn't happy with it. We see like that. I mean, Mr. Finch, we living our best life. I'm like, but why you get less than a B? Right. I know you better than that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I challenged her. I lied to you not. The next semester, the sister made high on a roll. Wow. $50. So now I say, you know what? Now you can't tell me you can't get on a roll. Cause you just proved it to yourself. Mm-hmm. This is it's back to us as adults. You gotta wanna do it. You gotta wanna get out of debt. You gotta wanna have a goal. She had a goal. She wanted her fifty dollars. So if your goal is to get out of debt and do things that you see on TV a lot, plan for it. Right. Do that budget. Sit down with your kids and say, you know what? Because how many times we say, I'm so dang tired of these kids asking me for money. Mm-hmm. Budget, budget it. Mm-hmm. So. How much money am I getting the kids? I don't know. Like if they like my kids, my kids ask my wife for a little bit, then hit me up later. Yeah. That's that's about what, right. what we do, you know, have them come to one of us. Don't come, don't go to both of us, go see your dad. Right. And then he can say, give, give them some money. Cause you I'm giving you 50, she give you a hundred. Before we know, we don't give you $150 and ain't got nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. So sit down with your kids, do a budget, and let them see this what mom, dad makes. Mm-hmm. And we can't be, I don't want them to know how much I make. Why not? Because you know what we always say as black folk? What? Ain't nobody teach me about finance. That's right. But who's going to teach your kids? Mm-hmm. You teach them about everything else. Mm-hmm. So, why, so why not teach them how to take advantage of this capitalist society? Absolutely. So they don't go out here and make money and worry about buying all the latest Jordans or the Yeezys or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love it. But until one of them come, hand my family some money, I can't worry about buying what you say I should buy. Mm-hmm. You're going to make your money work for yourself. Got to work for yourself. Is there anything else you would like to say to the listeners that's out there today? I, I, I think, like you said, I'm glad you used the salary of 25000 because people always assume that you have to make a lot of money to be able to save money because I was under that impression as well. I just think you just have to start. I don't care if you save 3% of your salary, start mm-hmm. and get used to working without that 3%. And then every time you get a bonus, put that bonus into your retirement. Because like you said, Sean, only thing I know for sure in life, we're going to get older. That's right. But when I get older, I want to be able to look back and say, you know what? I can enjoy myself what I did for the last 20, 30 years. Because we work 40 years, but we ain't going to live 40 years after we retire. Most of us are retired in our 60s. We ain't living to 100. Mm-hmm. Only very few of us live. But we don't work like me. I've been working since I was 15. Right. I'm 51 right now. So that's 36 years. Man. And I probably got a good another 10. Right. Exactly. So if that's the case, when I get ready to retire, let me enjoy it. So start putting money to the side. That's the first thing. Second thing, sit down and create a budget and really look at what you owe. And why do you owe it? Mm-hmm. And ask yourself, on this credit card, do I remember what I bought three years ago? Cause that statement is gone. You can't. You don't got that statement no more. Mm-hmm. That's gone. Once you do those things, you can make a shift. A small shift is all it takes. 
if you got a big IRS check, go talk to your HR and say, if I bump my exemption up one more person, how would that impact my check? Because what you again, you can always make changes. Mm-hmm. Bump it up next week. Run it like that for a month, two months, and see how much more money is in your bank account. And then that difference, see if you can pay it off on credit card. I'm not telling you go from fifty to sixty thousand dollars, and that's how you're gonna get out of debt. I'm telling you, use the same fifty that you've been making, but spend it wisely. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. And then finally, as we take this journey from debt to dream, every black person needs to have a business. Mm. Now, it's more complicated than what I'm about to say, but you need to have a business because the wealth in this country is made from those people that have business. You cannot show me one millionaire that punch a clock. You, I have not found not one. They have people working for them. True. Now, if you have a business, the tax code give you so many breaks. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, when I met, um, when I went on my cousin boat years ago, probably about 15 years ago, he has a 47-foot yacht up in Fox, up in, uh, Fox Lake. <clears throat> so we were just talking, whatever. I know he had a, a daycare and all this. We talking. I'm like, man. And just in general talking, he's like, yeah, this is my second house. I'm like, what do you mean it's your second house? He said, now we're on a boat. He said, this boat, my second house. I said, no, it's not as a yacht. Now, mind you, I'm an accountant by trade. Mm-hmm. I went to school. For, I, I did federal taxation and all that in school. He's like, yes, it's a boat. It's a, it's, a, it's a yacht, but it's my second home. And I'm like, why? How is that possible? He said, because the code says a second house it can longer have you sleeping quarters, living quarters, and place to do personal hygiene. It consider a second home. Mm. It does not say it has to be on land or water. I was like, ain't that a blip? <laughs> now I say that to say he's living a dream with a yacht, but with the tax code, he's able to write it off. Right. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. So that's why when you have business, you can do those things and you can create the wealth you get. My Maserati would not be in my personal name. It'd be in my company name and because that, it's a company. And that if guy, you think Bird drive a Honda back and forth to his business, I don't think so. Right. It's a write-off. The reason they send their employees to lavish resorts for company retreats is because it's a write-off and they understand the best way to keep good employees is to give them some perks, some nice vacation for their wives and their spouse to go with them. So what it costs, 15, 20, 30,000 dollars. Either I pay my employee, let them have a great time, or I pay IRS. Mm-hmm. See, people with money understand I ain't getting IRS nothing. There's a reason Bill Gates paid 2, 3% in taxes, but he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. How's that possible? Mm-hmm. Right off. So that's why I leave people with, do the budget and do it with your kids. That's awesome. I thank you so much, Anthony. Where can everybody find you? Give me some, some of your social media handles. See, there you go again, Sean. I just told you, Generation X have to do my stuff. <laughs> but I'm, I do have a Facebook page. Finally, the first one out there. About what? I don't know how long Facebook been out. But I do. My Facebook page is Debt to Dream, T-O, instead of the number two. Debt to Dreams is my Facebook page. Um, I have to do get more out there, stop posting more. But if you have questions, 
messenger me. Uh, I, I'm, I just learned that terminology about three weeks ago. So <laughs> I guess you guys call it DM. So you can do that. And also on my um, debttodream.com website, there will be a chat box eventually once we get some things uh, taken care of. But you can always, like I said, message me and then I'll reply back to you. Because my goal is to get all of us Black people to create our own in a new Black Wall Street. Okay. And it starts with one person, one family at a time. Okay. And we can do it if we shift our mindset. Imagine when we do these family reunions that we are so accustomed to, mm-hmm. but we all, with our family, take a trip to Africa for a week. Or we all, with our family, take a trip to Bahamas for a week. Mm-hmm. And all the family, from the six-month-old baby to the 80-year-old grand, uh, great-grandma, that's what I wanted this to create so we can see because in my eyes our, our ancestors regardless of what continent we built the world mm. so why not see the world that's right man Anthony so, you just hit them with some knowledge man I and I appreciate it so much thank you again for taking the time out tonight to put your information out there to help me understand the difference between a financial advisor and financial coach. Uh, you, I'm going with y'all to Jamaica next year, man. I don't care what nobody says, man. Come on. It's, <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's a party like a party that you ain't never here because we have a great time. And, but I want to thank you for allowing me the opportunity to talk to your listeners, people that follow you, because people don't know who I am. But I, I appreciate the opportunity because if any information that I can give that can help somebody, I freely give because I believe if I open my arms out, more will come back in. There you go. So, so I have no fear of sharing what I share. That's why I said I filed bankruptcy twice. Mm-hmm. I ain't ashamed of it. Right. Because the law let me do it. Right. Should I got in that bad of debt? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But you know what? So what? Right. The, the guy in the office, he did it seven times. He ain't hurt. <laughs> but I understand I understand how this game is played now. Right. And Absolutely. that's what I need all people to understand. Understand how the game is played. And you got to get into the game to start creating the wealth that you, we all deserve. Right. Absolutely. But, yeah, but thank you again, Sean. I do no appreciate problem. it. Hey, man, you enjoy your night, man, and y'all family. Y'all take care. Hey, y'all, this is your man, MC One Love. And we signing off where happiness is love. Y'all have a good night. Out.